Hey folks, SH1T coming to you. <laughs> I ain't doing that shit. Got a, uh, that, that was the old school intro. Got a jam-packed news show. Tons of news, tons of fun. And then a little bit of sports at the end. That is going to be your uh, SH1T podcast for the week of January 30th, 2021. Year of our Lord and Savior. Hope you enjoy the new intro music from Final Fantasy VII, Boss Combat. I'm going to use it for a little while. Uh, yeah, that's it. Enjoy. everybody welcome to a special episode edition of market watch on the sh1t podcast uh yeah that was fun wasn't it the lead story wasn't corona wasn't you know biden six million executive orders it was reddit boys fucking jacking up and stealing or costing a hedge fund uh hedge funds i think over 20 23 billion dollars and a hedge fund over two billion dollars uh those i'm almost assured that the 2.3 billion dollar uh, cost of one hedge fund is correct. 23 billion overall, like on the market, I'm not, I'm not quite sure. I don't know, but it was, it was a hefty amount of money. So much so that a nice little theory of mine that I'll try to run back to at the end of this segment of the podcast. The market's down underneath 30,000 for the first time in you know quite a while, uh, and I'll, I guess I'll explain my thoughts on that after the fact. But first, before I even jump into the whole rigmarole, I had to study up and find out what short selling was because I really didn't understand the concept even after somebody explained it to me. That was the, uh, I mean, so two people explained it. I listened to, listened to it on one podcast. Another person at work tried to explain it and they kind of got lost at the very end uh, to what it was. So what short selling is, before I dive into the story, short selling is um, I go to, I think a stock is going to go down or I think the value of something in the market is going to go down. So I sign a contract or make an agreement with somebody that owns or possesses that stock, usually a broker, usually at a fee to say, hey, I will buy this stock from you now and give it back to you at a later date. Let's just, for the ease of simplicity and math, let's just call it one month. And for the ease of simplicity in relation to the story, let's call it GameStop stock. So if I'm a short seller and I think the value of a stock is going to go down and the value, let's say the value of the GameStop stock is $10, and I think that's way overvalued, right? Because there's millions of shares at $10. That means the value of the company is $100 million. I think it's going to go the way of Blockbuster. So I say, hey, um, you know, I'm going to get together or I'm going to think that this stock is going down, so I'm going to buy it now and and sell it later at a lower price and you know keep the profit so I buy the stock or I borrow the stock from uh, somebody else I'm supposed to give it to at $10 and then I sell it in the market at $10 immediately and hold the cash for at least a month until I'm either forced to pay it back or I can pay it back when I want to typically what will happen is that they've done all their investments or they've done all their knowledge and their uh, their research and what happens happens um, the stock goes down to five in a month. A month from now, it's down at five. So I buy the stock at five, and then I give that uh, stock back to the person that I took it from uh, or borrowed it from, and then I pocket the change. Um, so $5 minus the fee, which we'll say it's a dollar. So I made a $4 profit on that. Extrapolate that over, you know, hundreds, that's $400 profit, thousands, 4,000, millions, 4 million profit. And that's kind of how the hedge funds work when it came to shorting. And that's kind of what happened in 2008 with the derivative stocks that people were saying that, hey, these mortgage-backed securities and these junk loans and everything were valueless. People were not going to be able to pay. They were going to bomb. So I will do exactly that. I will buy that now um, and then sell it later. And they made they made millions and billions in 2008 off of the financial crisis and the crash because they saw this coming. Totally legit, totally valid, uh, all the complaints, all that other fun stuff. So what happened in this little particular case, well, or sorry, um, when it works out the wrong way, so if I purchased a stock at 10 and I've miscalculated or what happened this weekend or this week that, you know, Reddit boys <laughs> fucking jacked the price up. Uh, so I buy it at 10 and then it shoots up to 20 or 100, right? So now I'm fucked because I've, I, I bought it, I sold it at 10, or I loaned it and I sold it at 10. Now the stock is 20 and either my uh, quote unquote margin call, the people that I'm 
working for freak out and they're like, hey, fucking cut your losses and run, or the contract runs out, uh, whichever one, I have to buy that stock at 20 and pay the fee, or I have to buy that stock at 100 and pay the fee. So I'm out 90 bucks plus a dollar or whatever the fee might be, or 10 bucks and a dollar plus the fee, whatever it might be. And that's how the hedge funds lost a lot of money because they shorted GameStop stock. The stock skyrocketed. And then they had to pay, you know, do their margin calls or, you know, pay out or, or whatever. And then uh, more on that later. So hedge funds do this all the time. Like this, this is a thing. So a bunch of individuals on Reddit, well, uh, on the subreddit Wall Street Bets got together and said, hey, uh, <laughs> let's stick it. Essentially, what I'm gathering is that let's stick it to the hedge fund managers. Now, they may or may not have been uh, egged on or the idea may or may, may or may not have come from like higher level venture capitalists or higher level uh, people that are like Bitcoin runners uh, or whatever. But there were a couple of individuals that were texting tweets saying, you know, X, Y and Z. People coalesced, got together, and started. Uh, they identified the GameStop stock, which was being shorted by uh, hedge funds, and they drove the price up. And the price went from anywhere, I think it was like three bucks or twenty-five bucks, all the way to three hundred, three hundred and uh, or four hundred, three hundred fifty at some point. Which means that the hedge funds lost a lot of money because people panicked. They wanted their margin calls. They wanted to get out um, immediately, or some contracts were running out that. You know, during that day, and they had to pay up uh, big, so they lost a lot of money. Everything was fine, like, ha, 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 uh, you know, stick it to the man, no problem. Well, fucking 24, 48 hours later, uh, Robinhood, the free trading app that most of these people uh, from Reddit work on, said, no more, right? Can't do that. Uh, you can only sell AMC stock, and here's a couple other stocks that we think you guys might be going after, and you, we're not going to allow you to uh, go after it. So this is kind of like Parlor 2.0. I had a, a very, the very same conversation with somebody else about uh, Parlor and say, hey, um, should they have the right? And their stance was, yeah, Parlor or sorry, Amazon Web Hosting Services uh, has the right to shut Parlor down because of X, Y, and Z. They're a private company; they can do this. Blah blah blah. Twitter and Facebook can shut down the President of the United States because they're a private company. Blah 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 blah. Um, and so when their account got shut down, they changed their fucking tune because Robinhood is a private company. Um, they decided to, you know, restrict your movement on a thing, and now you're all butthurt and upset because you're not allowed to do that. Well, they're a private company, blah, 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 X, Y, and Z. This battle is equal protection versus freedom of association. I don't think you can say with a straight face that the small market uh, or the, you know, individual hedge fund guys that, you know, banded together and colluded or whatever the word you want to use to cost the hedge funds $2.3 million um, are being protected as a hedge fund would be in the same situation because they, it seems like the hedge funds bear no risk. Uh, uh, the one of the funds that lost $2.3 billion with a B got bailed out by another um, uh, hedge fund. They were tied together, so they, you know, forced liquidity. And I think both of those hedge funds, the one that lost $2.3 billion with a B, um, I think Citadel was one of them, and I can't name remaining. I can't remember the name of the other uh, hedge fund, but Citadel was one of them. They own a portion, or they are in control of Robinhood, so it was in their best interest, or they were incentivized to shut that shit down, so that uh, stock traders could not get you know and do that. And then these individuals can do this because they can trade for free. They can't do it on this on like something like E Trade because every time you make a transaction on E Trade, it costs you a certain fee. So these guys were moving real quick on Robinhood, jacking the price up of GameStop, and looking to do the same on other uh, uh, stocks to you know stick to the hedge funds. Uh, some people are going to end up losing a lot of money, not just the hedge funds, and uh, some people are going to end up making a lot of money, not just the little guys, right? There are hedge funds that have made buku amounts of money on this. There are little guys that have done the same. There are hedge funds that have lost buku amounts of money, and there are little guys that are going to lose a bunch of money. But what do you expect to happen, right? What, what do you expect? Like, what the fuck else do you expect people to do? You lock them in their fucking houses. Uh, you know, you make up stupid-ass restrictions that have nothing to do with actually what is going on um, as, as far as the coronavirus. Does the coronavirus really even exist anymore? Because um, uh, it wouldn't seem like it with this news cycle uh, this week. Um, yeah, and now, now you're not allowing them to trade. They can't they can't go online and play poker. Most people can't, you know, do sports bets because there isn't any really fucking sports going on. So people are getting bored. And we're literally just an internet connection away from uh, Mad Max in it. 
in 2021. So uh, the government and the Biden administration has shown, I don't know, tacit support. They're quote-unquote watching the situation. Um, but, but it's funny that that's one of his big crises is, is going to be, uh, the iceberg or the tip of the iceberg hitting the, hitting the market. And that's, uh, going to tie back in to the, uh, first statement that I had made. Um, I think that this was the neon sign. This is the like, holy shit, because the markets are below 30,000 for the first time. Um, basically a valueless stock in GameStop, GameStop skyrocketed to inordinate amounts of money based on, you know, people that were bored and they were able to manipulate the market and i don't think the government has any fucking right to talk or anything because they're the dumbasses that have flooded the average you know they they put money in the system at in insane amounts of like they they run one trillion dollar deficits they gave stimulus checks to everybody uh they they took away jobs they ratcheted up uh, the availability of unemployment so you can get your hands on some money and you have a lot more free time with all your, you know, because you're not using your labor to acquire that money. You're just acquiring that money from the government. Now you have all this extra cash laying around. What are you going to do with it? You can't go out and drink. You can't go party. Uh, what are you going to do? Grocery store and fuck around on the internet and buy shit from Amazon or day trade on Robinhood. Um, so a lot of people did that, made some money. Some people are going to lose some money because that stock is definitely going to go back down to zero zilchnada. And, uh, the implications of companies being able to basically cut you off at the knees and not allow you to play on the wild, wild west frontier of the internet. Um, it, you got to take a you got to take a stand and a position, right? So it's either equal protection or it is freedom of association. And right now we're swinging back towards freedom of association when it comes to uh, your inability or ability to interact with a business, right? Um, the same people that want you to bake a cake for a gay couple say that you can't work on you can't you know be on twitter or facebook because you say something they don't like or you can trade on robin hood you know because the hedge funds are losing billions of dollars they're not consistent on this they need to they need to pick a path they need to either everyone gets protected equally which is what we've been working towards for uh decades right obviously since the founding of the country and then uh, 1960 civil rights movement um equal protection has been the garnering cause and now that equal protection is working against these individuals that have gotten to uh, uh you know most prosperous free society in the world used to be at least uh, now we're looking at freedom of association and we're pointing at that as the primary uh, uh go uh for america that we we can associate with whoever we choose um, but at the expense of protection right uh, of other people so uh, it's a question that has to be answered um Congress is not the people to answer it, even though they're raising their hands and Democrats are all of a sudden free marketers. Fuck them. I don't trust them with a 10-foot pole uh, when it comes to this. Their ultimate goal in life is to restrict the market to such a degree that you couldn't even do that if you wanted to. And then the hedge funds can't do that if they wanted to. Even though the market is overbloated and overvalued, um, they have the right to do it. It's the government's fault because because they've poured so much money into the system and everything is overvalued. Like everything is high because of all the money that's been poured into the system. And people are able to treat stocks that actually have some value, just like Bitcoin, an item that has no value, but people just find interest in it. So they want to, you know, jack up Bitcoin, jack up Dogecoin, jack up GameStop, whatever the next, uh, I mean, maybe they band together on a diff different quarter Discord server that they got banned from there too so they'll go they'll go somewhere else they'll crawl deeper into the hole and they will uh they'll i don't know they'll lose their ability to coordinate but some of them still will they'll lose their power but some of them still will it's just dirty it really is equity, racial equity, and a focus disproportionately on outcomes 
is something that is rather new, but seems to have taken the country by storm. It's, and, it's yeah, almost the only thing people can talk about. Equity meaning as opposed to equality. Equity as opposed to equality. Which, can you... I can give you a practical example of that. Yes. COVID, we were just talking about a moment ago. We know that the most vulnerable population when it comes to COVID are older people. That if I took people over the age of 55, sure. that's 80% of the deaths. There have been actual conversations about prioritizing people on the basis of their race because COVID is said to disproportionately impact black people relative to white people. It is a ridiculous proposition, but it's a proposition that's found its way into the mouths of governors here in California, the, the pages of the New York Times. We're actively Why talking about this kind though? of ridiculous because we actually know when we look at the global impact of COVID in the United States, again, 80% of the people who are dying are older, around 18% of the people who are dying are black. A life lost to COVID is a life that matters. And we can well, focus on the people who are vulnerable without making this about race. Making it about race only obscures the actual issue. If, it's separate, to help, if you help. separate race from economic insecurity, sure, right? Like, like Hispanics are hospitalized at three, four times the rate as, of white people for a variety of reasons. For a variety of They're essential workers. Right. They're riding the bus from Boyle right. Heights. Here, to but here's the important point is that it's not fundamentally about race. You can't un-Hispanic them. There may be different issues in their communities. It could be that they live in, well, in homes with more people. It could be that they live in more urban centers. If that's the case, the policy you're tailoring is for people in urban centers, not Latinos. This is a confusion of categories that is actually distracting us from forging good policy. What you get is great sound bites. You right. don't actually fix problems. It always so excellent talk. It's, it's been a second since I've looked at the CDC provisional death count statistics. And, well, surprising. The count is still going on in 2021. So they've attached, what is it, 20,000 deaths that have occurred so far in 2021 to the provisional death counts of 2020. And that makes the deaths from, deaths from all causes uh, look kind of suspect. Uh, currently, the provisional count has a 3.4 million. Um, but about 20,000 of those deaths are in 2021. So that falls down to about 3.2 million, which falls into the, I don't know, acceptable range. Because typically it's 3.1 million deaths per year. So the, at best you can say right now is that 100,000 people are excess deaths compared to previous years, and that may be a fair statement, maybe not be a fair statement. Um, it's not 370,000 um, that COVID-19 is complaining about or talking about. So the difference between 370,000 and 100,000 is 270,000 overcount or differentiation between all deaths involving COVID and the difference between death counts and the routine or normal year that would occur, right? So uh, every year, Approximately 3.1 million people have died uh, of all causes. And this year, the CDC is claiming that 370,000 people have died of all deaths involving COVID-19. That is not really parsing out to be three, 370,000 more uh, or you know 400,000 or half a million more uh, that you would normally see. Uh, that would make sense, right? That, that would be the common denominator would be the deaths from all causes year over year. You would expect to see if COVID was truly the ultimate factor, you would expect to see a 300,000 or 400,000 jump. So a 3.5 million deaths is what you would see. And that's kind of the number you see here. But the little sneaky thing is, is that they're counting deaths in January of 2021. Uh, so the numbers obviously have gone up. That means the media ticker that went away, you know, curiously because Biden got elected. Um, the deaths are down to 2,500 now. I would expect them to disappear or continue to go down because of, you know, multiple factors. And then in addition to, they've counted a COVID death as early as the 4th of January in 2020. The earliest count before that was February 8th. They've counted two on the 25th, three on the 18th, the week of, and then two the week of the 4th. So they have, and I have not seen a story on this, but according to the CDC, provisional death counts, COVID was here as early as 2019, December, because it takes two weeks for the uh, virus to, you know, get you. So that would have been an interesting story. I mean, I've, I've seen the stories, but there hasn't been something on CNN or whatever saying, oh, by the way, huh. um, 
Fauci came out and recommended two masks. Why not 6,000? And nobody's still talking about. I have not seen, uh, you know, a health doctor or anybody come out and say that you should take vitamin D, you should eat right, you should exercise, you should mitigate your comorbidities uh, in order to, you know, be less susceptible when you eventually get hit by the COVID virus because it's going to get you. Like there's probably a higher than 50% chance that you're going to get some form of COVID, S, J, fucking A, B, C, D, E, F, G, whatever variant that they're trying to fucking scare you with now, you're going to get it. So, you know, run, work out, eat right, exercise, sleep, take your vitamins and fucking get ready for, get ready to rock, right? Because you're going to get it. You're going to get it either by the vaccine uh, if you take it eventually or not. Speaking of the vaccine, uh, i uh, of all the stories I've heard, there's been about 50 deaths uh, from the vaccine. It's mRNA type. Um, somebody explained it to me. A health professional is basically it basically convinces your blood to create, um, you know, COVID-like uh, internally in your body, COVID-like uh, uh, virus, so your body is ready to fight it off. It's not the old school like flu shot where they give you a dead virus or they give you a dumb virus uh, and do that. So uh, it's not to say that the virus is not healthy or not, uh, you know, efficacy, but it's like a phase three trial is what they're basically pulling it out in the masses because they got an emergency waiver to do that. So if you've taken the COVID vaccine, you are part of a phase three trial, which is typically a non-approved FDA uh, vaccine. And that means that no children were tried out. So I would not want to expose my children to that vaccine. No pregnant women were tried during the trial. So I would I would, uh, you know, make you reticent as a pregnant woman or somebody that's trying to get pregnant uh, to take the vaccine. But if you're happy, healthy, it's on you, man. Make your decision. Elderly, I mean, that's kind of where it needs to go too. And these uh, diversity and equity policies have actually kind of worked out in everybody's favor because the vaccines are going towards the Tuskegee Airmen, and uh, because they, uh, they they can't fucking make a decision. Oh, they're just stupid. They just in. Uh, what do they do? They uh, interpret st statistics incorrectly. Like every chart has to see their God, which is America is racist and the system is racist. So we have to, you know, do these things towards that. And that is taking an unproven vaccine away from those that need it to an unproven vaccine to maybe those that don't really need it. So they'd rather, uh, instead of vaccinating the elderly, policies have gone towards vaccinating minority communities. So, uh, which doesn't make any sense. Whatever, bro. Um, they're still talking about health shutdowns. Uh, Germany has gone fucking completely stupid. Um, uh, this does not, like, I, you have yet to show me a fucking study or anything that says that children are mat rapid spreaders and that uh, uh, teachers are at high risk. If you're a high-risk individual and you're a teacher, that's a different story. But uh, children are not super spreaders. And if you are a young, healthy teacher or a, below the age of 55, uh, your day-to-day uh, decision-making process, if that's something that you do and don't want to teach, then you should not be paid by a union. But the unions are holding people uh, hostage in blue states. Um, this guy freaked out on them and then uh, uh, went viral. So here he is uh, bitching about, uh, you know, stupid teachers' unions. You should all be fired from your day jobs because if your employers knew that you were more inefficient than the, than the DMV, you would be replaced in a heartbeat. I literally just finished a conference call because I'm having to multitask to be here to, to address you guys. You're a bunch of cowards hiding behind our children as an excuse for keeping schools closed. You think you're some sort of martyrs because of the decisions you're making when the statistics do not lie that the vast majority of the population is not at risk from this virus. The garbage workers who pick up my freaking trash risk their lives every day more than anyone in this school system. Figure it out or get off the podium because you know what? There are people like me and a lot of other people out there who will gladly take your seat and figure it out. It's not a high bar. Raise the freaking bar. I'm going to give staff an opportunity to make sure that um, the podium and microphone have been. Your time is finished. Can you please leave the boardroom? Thank you. Can I ask the deputy to please make sure the gentleman had leaves the boardroom? Fucking clowns. <laughs> what a bunch of fancies. 
My teacher reunion. Can the people in line in the hallway hear me? The school board welcomes the public comment. It is very important to remember the decorum of this room when you come in. We understand emotions are high, but we ask that you respect the time and when your time is up to please yield the floor to the next speaker. Thank you. What a clown. Bunch of clowns. So yeah, uh, the teachers unions have made it a policy or a priority to sit on their ass and they're incentivized to do so. I, I don't call them stupid, don't call them lazy, just call them incentivized. They are getting money to sit and stay in the comforts of home and not expose themselves to a 1% risk. Why expose yourself to a 1% risk when you're going to get paid the exact same amount to not travel, not get up, not interact with children, subsidize your labor to parents so they can watch their children for a 0% risk. Everything is in your favor not to do, not to go back to school. And all the policies that have been put in place by the Trump administration, by the Department of Education, by the Biden administration, and the Biden administration is going to move even more towards that, is to sit at home and teach via the thing. Uh, or, yeah, teach via Zoom or fucking Google Meets or whatever the fuck you are, you're going to teach by. You are incentivized to do that. So you have to break those incentives and stop paying the teachers' unions, stop their bargaining power, because that's kind of what you got to do to get that. And if you don't, then you're going to be stuck at school uh, or you're going to be stuck at home doing homeschool, and then people are going to have to make different decisions, and efficiencies are going to bounce up and all that other fucking fun stuff. Um, but yeah, don't, don't call them lazy. Don't call them stupid. They're very smart, and they're very calculated in what they're doing. The unions are put in this corner, and they are, they are happy right now because their people are getting paid. They're getting to sit at work or sit at home. Um, none, of this, none of the funding is going to the parents to you know, buy new laptops or shit like that at home uh, or you know, in, improve your internet connection uh, to do that. None of that's going to the parents. It's all sitting with the public fucking infrastructure and all the money's going to the teachers they're not getting paid any less uh, to do a lot less work commute less and all that other fun stuff This impeachment is nothing more than a partisan exercise designed to further divide the country. Democrats claim to want to unify the country, but impeaching a former president, a private citizen, is the antithesis of unity. Democrats brazenly appointing a pro-impeachment Democrat to preside over the trial is not fair or impartial and hardly encourages any kind of unity in our country. No, unity is the opposite of this travesty we are about to witness. If we are about to try to impeach a president, where is the Chief Justice? If the accused is no longer president, where is the constitutional power to impeach him? Private citizens don't get impeached. Impeachment is for removal from office, and the accused here has already left office. Hyperpartisan Democrats are about to drag our great country down into the gutter of rancor and vitriol, the likes of which has never been seen in our nation's history. Instead of doing the nation's work with their new majorities in the House, the Senate, and the executive branch, Democrats are wasting the nation's time on a partisan vendetta against a man no longer in office. It's almost as if they have no ability to exist except in opposition to Donald Trump. Without him as their boogeyman, they might have to legislate and to actually convince Americans that their policy prescriptions are the right ones. Democrats are about to do something no self-respecting senator has ever stooped to. Democrats are insisting the election is actually not over and so they insist on regurgitating the bitterness of the election. This acrimony they are about to unleash has never before been tried. Why? Because calmer heads have typically prevailed in our history and allowed public opinion to cast blame where blame is deserved. 
This sham of an impeachment will ostensibly ask whether the president incited the reprehensible behavior and violence of January 6th when he said, I know everyone here will soon march to the Capitol to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Peacefully and patriotically, hardly words of violence. But what of Democrat words? What of Democrat incitement to violence? No Democrat will honestly ask whether Bernie Sanders incited the shooter that nearly killed Steve Scalise and volunteer coach. The shooter nearly pulled off a massacre. I was there because he fervently believed the false and inflammatory rhetoric spewed by Bernie and other Democrats, such as the Republican health care plan for the uninsured is that you die. As this avowed Bernie supporter shot Steve Scalise, nearly killing him, and shot one of our coaches and two or three of our staff, he screamed, this is for health care. Ask me or anyone if that's incitement. No Democrat will ask whether Cory Booker incited violence when he called for his supporters to get, get up in their face of Congress people, a very visual and specific incitement. No Democrat will ask whether Maxine Waters incited violence when she literally told her supporters, and I quote, that if you see a member of the Trump administration at a restaurant, at a department store, at a gas station, or any place, you create a crowd and you push back on them. Is that not incitement? My wife and I were pushed and surrounded and screamed at by this same type of mob that Maxine likes to inspire. It's terrifying to have a swarm of people threatening to kill you, cursing at you and literally holding you hostage until police come to your rescue. That night we were assaulted by the crowd. I wasn't sure if we'd survive even with the police protection. But no Democrat has ever considered impeaching Maxine for her violent rhetoric. In fact, Republicans, to our credit, have never once thought it legitimate to formally censor or impeach these Democrats. No Republican has sought to use the government to hold these Democrats responsible for Antifa and Black Lives Matter violence that has consumed our cities all summer, resulting in over a billion dollars of destruction, looting, and property damage. Not one Republican said, oh, let's impeach the Democrats who are inciting this because it would be ridiculous. Many on the Democrat side of the aisle cheered them on. Kamala Harris famously offered to pay the bill for those who were arrested. I wonder if she'll be brought up on charges of inciting violence for that now that she's vice president. Should Kamala Harris be impeached for offering to pay for violent people to get out of jail who've been burning our cities down? No, and no Republican has offered that because we're not going down the road that Democrats have decided, this low road of impeaching people for political speech. Should Republicans impeach the Democrat mayor of Seattle, who incited and condoned violence by calling the armed takeover of part of her city a summer of love? Any Republicans try to impeach her? On June 8th, the New York Post, citing U.S. Justice Department statistics, reported that more than 700 law enforcement officers were injured during the Antifa Black Lives Matter riots. There were at least 19 murders, including 77-year-old retired police officer David Dorn. Yet Democrats insist on applying a test of incitement to a Republican that they refuse to apply to themselves. I want the Democrats to raise their hands if they have ever given a speech that says, take back, fight for your country. Who hasn't used the words fight figuratively? And are we going to put every politician in jail? Are we gonna impeach every politician who has used the words fight figuratively in a speech? Shame, shame on these angry, unhinged partisans who are putting forth this sham impeachment, deranged by their hatred of the former president. Shame on those who seek blame and revenge and who choose to pervert a constitutional process while doing so. I want this body on record, every last person here, 
Is this how you think politics should be? Look, we've now got crazy partisans on the other side of the aisle trying to censor and remove two of the Republican senators for their political position. Now, look, I disagreed. I don't think Congress should overturn the Electoral College. But impeaching or censoring or expelling a member of Congress you disagree with? Is the truth so narrow that only you know the truth? We now have the media on your side saying there is only one set of facts, one set of truth, and you can only interpret it this way. Now we have seven senators on the other side trying to expel, censor, or impugn two senators on this side. And I defend them, not because I defend their position. I disagreed with their position. But you can't impeach, censor, expel people you disagree with. What's this coming to? In a few minutes, I will insist on a vote to affirm that this proceeding we are about to enter is unconstitutional, that impeachment of a private citizen is illegal and essentially a bill of attainder, and that no sense of fairness or due process would allow the judge in the proceeding to be a partisan Democrat already on favor of the impeachment. A sham, this is. A travesty. A dark blot on the history of our country. I urge my colleagues to reconsider this kangaroo court and move forward to debate the great issues of our day. So, at last count, I think the executive orders that Biden has put out is up to 40, 40, 42, 43. Let's just what I'm reading uh, from this uh, citation that I have. The previous administrations, going all the way back to Clinton, were in the single digits. Obama had five, Bush had zero, Trump had four, I think, and Clinton had one. Uh, don't quote me on that. But uh, Biden up to 40 in his first uh, 10 days, I think. Yeah, 10 days. Um, so I'm going to go bottom to top now because I went top to bottom and then did about 30, so I'll, I'll uh, regale you on the rest of the EOs. He's going to create a task force to reunite migrant families separated at the border. That's to be determined. Uh, start rollback of the public charge rule. Uh, so obviously immigration, um, and the remain in Mexico program, which I thought was good, um, cause less on us and more coordination between us and Mexico. So whatever, bro. Um, and then states are suing on all these new immigration policies and Abbott has come out and, uh, stated that anytime that there's a, uh, uh, executive order that affects Texas, uh, to sue the federal government, try to, uh, hold these up in court. So you're going to see a bunch of these uh, immigration cases. And the court is currently 6-3, so yay. Uh, lift certain restrictions on abortion funding. Um, they have already done that with Title 10, uh, and then foreign funding of abortions. So there you go. Uh, reopen Obamacare marketplaces, lower recent barriers to joining Medicaid, uh, ACA. What is it? This is in the courts, so you would expect to see this again, um, that it was unconstitutional as a tax, but uh, if they're opening it and not put a tax there, that course is, that case has already been litigated in the courts, so we'll see how that goes. Direct agencies to make decisions best available science and evidence. Yeah, go fuck yourself. They, uh, the department secretary health lady um, basically wants to classify, uh, if you say a man is a man and a woman is a woman, she wants to classify that as a uh, mental disorder. Yeah, I don't think that's on the science. None of your COVID policies are based on the science. Uh, Fauci going saying two masks, not science. Uh, fucking the, the green policy climate bullshit uh, that you're talking about, uh, not science. Here's John Kerry, fucking waxing poetic about the XL uh, Keystone Pipeline. That's not science. Um, and lying through his fucking teeth. There's very, certainly are oil and gas industry workers who are watching you both right now who will hear the message that's, that the takeaway to them is that they are seeing an end to their livelihoods. Uh, what, what do you say to them, particularly those people who, who President Trump struck a chord with on the campaign trail when he promised to save their jobs? What is your message to them right now? And also to the oil industry executives who are listening, are you putting them on notice today? Well, we didn't come here to put anybody on notice except to the seriousness of uh, President Biden's intent to uh, do what needs to be done to deal with this crisis. And it is a crisis. Um, with respect to uh, those workers, no, no two people are more uh, in this room are more concerned about it. And the president of the United States 
has expressed in every comment he has made about uh, climate the need to uh, grow the new jobs that pay better, that are cleaner, that, I mean, you know, you look at the consequences of black lung for a miner, for instance, and measure that against the fastest growing job in the United States before COVID was solar power technician. The same people can do those jobs, but the choice of doing the solar power one now is a better choice. And similarly, uh, you have uh, the second fastest growing job pre-COVID was wind turbine technician. This is happening. 75%, 70% of all the electricity that's come online in the United States in the last few years came from renewables. Not, you know, coal plants have been closing over the last 20 years. So what President Biden wants to do is make sure those folks have better choices, that they have alternatives, that they can be the people who go to work to make the solar panels. They were making them here at home. That is going to be a particular focus of the uh, Build Back Better agenda. And, and I, I think that, that unfortunately workers have been fed a false narrative. No surprise, right, for the last few years. They've been fed uh, the notion that somehow dealing with climate is coming at their expense. No, it's not. What's happening to them is happening because of other market forces already taking place. And, and, and what, the, what, the, what the financiers, uh, the big banks, the asset managers, private investors, venture capital are all discovering is there's a lot of money to be made in the creation of these new jobs in these sectors. So whether it's green hydrogen that is going to come, whether it is uh, uh, geothermal heat, or whether it, whatever it's going to be, uh, those are jobs. The same worker who works in South Carolina today putting together a BMW, which happens to be made there, and, and, and um, is currently an internal combustion engine, can put together a car, but it's electric. So this is not a choice between having jobs, having good jobs, having the quality of life. Quality of life will be better when Gina has put her team together that produces choices for us that are healthier, less cancer, cleaner air, the greatest, the greatest cost in America, the greatest cause of children being hospitalized every summer in the United States, we spend 55 billion a year on it, is environmentally induced asthma. That will change as we begin to rein in what we used to call pollution in this country, because it is pollution. And I think that uh, workers are gonna see that with the efforts of the Biden administration, uh, they're going to have a much better set of choices, and frankly, uh, it will create more jobs than stuck where we were. So Kerry's sitting there talking about climate justice, and he lies for four straight minutes. Um, he says market forces. No, the market force was you fucking going in and pulling the permits on 50,000 jobs, uh, fucko. What is it? Climate justice he talked about. Uh, so government subsidies is why he's saying the market force is bullshit too. Like, oh... Venture capitalists and blah, blah, blah are seeing that it's, it's good money to do this. That's only because you're pouring billions of dollars into inefficient uh, energy policies. Yet you're staying away from nuclear and fracking, right? The natural gas is the cleanest burning or like zero emission burning uh, uh, gas. But the problem is that you're fucking drilling into the earth, creating microfractures and earthquakes and all that other shit. But nuclear, and the big drawdown of nuclear is if there's an accident or whatever, you're doing bad, but they're both zero burning. Uh, they're both zero burning uh, emissions. You're you're saying that mining for rare earth minerals in fucking foreign countries in Africa is more climate happy than and getting the you know elements for the battery so that millions of people can get batteries because the demand for rare earth minerals is going to skyrocket uh, due to the policies that they're they're pursuing. That's better. Digging fucking you know what is it uh, the rock. Drain, drain the, Dwayne the Rock Johnson and fucking Christopher Walken's movie. You think all those littered across Africa is better than uh, anything else? You fucking idiot. Uh, wind turbines require oil, okay? Uh, and apparently he's basically saying learn to learn to panel. Uh, so you you can learn to code, guys. If you're a pipe fitter or uh, working on the XL Keystone pipeline, you can you can uproot your family, move to California, and learn to panel. Uh, good for you. Uh, 50,000 lost jobs. Now, at last count, 58,000 lost jobs uh, due to the XL pipeline decision in Canada getting pissed. 
uh, and then we already talked about the market. Basically, they're trying to skew or incentivize the market to uh, invest into green energies or green policies. They're already doing that in the auto uh, maker industry as well. So you're only going to crush. It's just going to make it worse and worse and worse, making government bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, that lion sack of shit. John Carrer. Fuck that guy. He, he should be charged on the Logan Act, by the way, because he was fucking negotiating with Iran during the uh, Trump administration. So you should Logan Act him like you did Flynn. Uh, we did that. We did that. Uh, Reestablish presidential council advisors and side technology. You're not going to do it. Fuck you. Uh, pause new oil and gas leasing. We did that. Directs agencies to consult with tribal governments. Yeah, they already fucked that off. Uh, combat racism against Asian Americans, Pacific Islanders. Okay. The housing urban development to address discriminatory housing policies. Okay. And the Justice Department's use of private prisons. That's not a bad one. Uh, reinstate coronavirus travel restrictions on Brazil, most of Europe. I thought that was xenophobic. Uh, tighten buy American rules and government procurement. I don't know what that means. Uh, does that mean buy less American stuff? I think that I saw an article that if, if you let China get into the infrastructure of the United States, we got problems. And uh, if that executive order makes that easier to do that, then bad executive order. Repeal ban on transgender people serving openly in the U.S. military. I don't care as long as you can serve. Uh, my issue is with it is, and it's been my issue uh, all along, and it has nothing to do with transgender people. It has to do with bang for your buck when it comes to investment into people. Um, so I've been a proponent of the first six years of your military service, you get single pay, you get single entitlements, and you don't get any of the, you know, uh, one surgery, one this, the one that, because uh, the military pays a lot of money to train you to do a specific job. And if you're a one and done, the military is not getting the investment that they have in you. After your first uh, six-year uh, service enlistment, uh, if you want to stay in, then you would be afforded all the uh, entitlements of, you know, uh, dependent BAH, dependent pay, um, surgery, uh, sorry, elective surgery, uh, all that other shit. And then the military should be definitely uh, more stringent upon second-term enlistments. And then once you get past your second-term enlistment, then you can become a 20-year employee of the uh, United States government, but that's my thoughts on it. It has nothing to do with uh, transgenders. They they can serve. They're transgender individuals that can serve just as well as men can, women, uh, fucking fairy dust. Who cares? Uh, restore collective bargaining power for federal workers. That's a union fucking tip, but, like, you just fucking cost 50,000 people their jobs. Uh, a union, pipefitters union. Uh, ask agencies to boost food aid and delivery of stimulus checks. Uh, I figure that you, Biden seems like the kind of guy that would do the uh, price controls and create food shor food shortages. Like that's going to happen. I think I'm I'm relitigating uh, previous executive orders. So uh, let's go. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, it, he like the fucking worst. Like bad Biden, bad 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 bad. All right. Uh, that, I think that's going to cover your news. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Pending. Now, let's continue on. Um, yeah, we talked about uh, Paul went up and ranted about his fucking uh, uh, the Trump thing. Like, that, that seems like the Democrats' only platform besides all the stupid shit that they're doing. Um, HR 5217 was a previous, I, I don't know what's, what it's going to be renamed to this year. But if you succumb to this, or when, if the government, if this is true, when the government comes out and says, hey, 50% tax, 20% tax on your gun, excuse me guns and you have to register them and you actually do that you're a fucking idiot uh hr1 is something to read up and look to um if uh, if hr1 passes it's fucking game over for everybody talked about the executive orders um uh, other items uh, of news uh, blm got nominated for the nobel prize i thought that was a joke um but apparently it's not they actually got nominated for the nobel prize the reason why i came across this is because the uh, babylon b came out with an article saying that uh the no or the BLM got nominated for the mostly peaceful Nobel Prize. <laughs> but, okay, whatever, dude. Um, Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, fuck off. Uh, filibuster removal. That's going to be a thing. They're going to remove the filibuster. I, I foresee that happening. Um, uh, the, the Senate minority is going to uh, stall on H.R. 1, H.R. 5217. They're going to fucking claim that it's blah, 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 and they're going to get rid of the filibuster. And then it's going to come back to bite them in their ass later. And we're just going to go... The, the extremes are going to get worse and worse and worse back and forth. Um, the way this is heading, and people are going to forget too. 
So I can't wait to see the next crisis uh, that occurs that makes everybody want to vote for Biden uh, next year. Um, AOC versus Cruz. So uh, Andrea Ocasio-Clown uh, versus Ted Cruz. Uh, according to the, the GameStop thing, basically uh, left and right are on the same side, but for very different reasons. Um, uh, Republicans are right. Conservatives thinks that uh, private entities should not have the ability to discriminate to the degree that they are. Lefts are like they want market control and not have hedge funds to have the ability to do any of this bullshit. So they're all on the same page uh, for that. And then the clown uh, decided to accuse Ted Cruz of attempted murder. Um, uh, his father was a Zodiac killer, tracking, but uh, I don't think that uh, that's that's part of their silence uh, of speech uh, stuff. Uh, talked about that one. Uh, Senator Leahy, which is an avid uh, Trump impeachment guy, is going to preside over the fucking Senate thing. So it's just a it's, as Paul said, he said it well. So there's no need to relitigate it. And then 45 senators uh, agreed uh, that it was a sham. So you need 67 people to vote for it, and that that I mean that's going to be a political uh, little thing or roundabout. Uh, that is your news. I told you it was going to be jam-packed. We'll do sports, and then we'll be the fuck out of here. sports look at my shorts uh chiefs are a three-point favorite for the super bowl uh don't ask me i think it was one and one for the afc nfc championship game uh i bet against tom brady pretty much the entire way i think maybe with the exception of the divisional round but that that may not be fair uh so it's bucks versus chiefs uh espn and the chiefs are a three-point favorite i would bet the fuck out of the chiefs because I don't believe, uh, I think Tom Brady had a horrible game. His defense covered for him. Uh, I don't see the the Bucks staying within three points of the Chiefs. Over under is a different story. I think it's at fifty six and a half. Uh, that's that's a much tougher line uh, to play with. I would think that it would be under because uh, I think it's just gonna be like thirty eight to ten or thirty eight to seventeen, some some shit like that. So if I thought that, that would be that would be close, right? So I'll take Chiefs in the under uh, on that one. Let's go with, I don't know. Uh, so Watson's trying to get a trade out of Texas. Stafford is leaving Detroit, as he should. Cully, the assistant Baltimore coach, took the Texans job, believing that Watson is a Texans QB. All right. Packers fired Pettit. I don't know who that is. And then 2.3 million on the bucks, a bet. So yay! Don't listen to me. I've I've been wrong on the Buccaneers almost the entire uh, way. So NBA standings: the Pelicans beat the Bucks 131 to 126. Nobody cares. Standings. I'm just looking at the standings because they are kneeling for the national anthem. Why do they do that? I don't get it. 76 years four. 15 and six, a game and a half over the Brooklyn Nets at 13 and eight. Uh, Milwaukee, Boston, Indy, Atlanta, Cleveland, and the New York Knicks at 9-11 hold the eighth seed. The Bobcats a half game back of them, and then the Wizards down at three and 12 at the bottom. In the Western Conference, the Jizzity Jazz at 15 and four, a half game over the Clippers at 15 and five. Lakers, oh shit, um, Spurs at three in a row. Uh, Denver, Memphis, Phoenix, and Portland at nine and eight. That uh, leaves Golden State out at ten and nine. Uh, well, but essentially tied, but uh, uh, they have two games. Portland has two more games to play, 
So they could lose two and then get Golden State in. Uh, so that Houston and Dallas outside the top eight, Minnesota at the bottom at four and fourteen. I don't know if it's worth it to go with uh, NHL because it may not be that far along, but we'll see. Let's go with the rankings. Rankings. Why are the children yelling so much? Uh, Gonzaga, Baylor, Villanova, Michigan, and Texas. Uh, Gonzaga and Baylor still undefeated. Gonzaga with six to one first place votes, and Baylor with three. Uh, that is your top five. Let's go with standings. Texas A&M. Let's go find them since it's been a second since we've uh, let them know what's up. They are most assuredly horrific. Rolling down to the S's. How have you been doing today, by the way? If you talked to this podcast, I feel sorry for you. Southern Conference, Southeastern Conference, Texas A&M at 2-6 and six at the busy bottom. Uh, Alabama 9-0. Oh. Wow. They're ninth. Uh, Mizzou at 12th seed, and then Tennessee at the 18th seed. Don't you love children? Let's go with the NHL. Can you hear him? I, I think you can hear him. Shrieky voice. He's doing shrieky voice. I'm going to keep that in. I'm not editing it out. You can kiss my ass. Come on, NHL. Capitals trade for a goalie. Okay, let's go with standings. I'm not more prepared. It's just sports, man. There's no uh, Supreme Court bullshit because they are on break. Uh, Dallas crushing it at 4-0. and Only played four games. They have eight points, so they're the number two in the central. Good for them. Columbus Blue Jackets and the Nashville Predators in the top three. Uh, in the east, it's Washington, Boston, and Philly. Uh, they hold the hold the line. Uh, Washington with 13 points. Uh, Dallas 4-0 has eight points. Good for them. Uh, in the north, Toronto, Milwaukee, and Winnipeg. Uh, like I said, I think all of the Canadian uh, teams are just playing each other. In the west, it's uh, Vegas, Colorado, and Minnesota. I think they've. It seems like they've swapped the uh, teams around to keep them inside their division. Interesting. Because these are not the normal divisions, I don't think. Because I, I think Colorado was in uh, Dallas's previous division. Huh. Wait, okay, cool. Uh, in the central where Dallas is at, like I said, it's uh, Blue Jackets, Dallas, Nashville, Florida, Tampa Bay, Chicago, Carolina, and Detroit. I want to say that Colorado was in their division. St. Louis, the Blues were definitely in their division. So the Blues are in the west. Uh... The Blues in Colorado. And I think Vegas as well. Maybe on their side, I'm not quite sure. So, all right, interesting. So, hockey, due to COVID, has segmented their league into never each other week, with the exception of the Central, so it should be the South. Uh, but, hey, neither here nor there. Uh, that's it, man. That is your sport rapport. I hope you enjoyed it. hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, stay classy, San Diego. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to stop sending money to World Hunger Organization. want to seem cruel, you know, but uh, I'm, a, I'm an American, you know, you're just like you. I think we've done a lot. I think we pretty much fucking give out, you know, we give, we give, we give, and they fucking make these commercials to fuck with your head. I'm enjoying what the fuck you put together from scratch on your own, in your own life. You turn on the television and they get this fucking two-year-old, three-inch wasted kids and we're <laughs> And the voiceover is like, won't you please help? What kind of sick fucking bastard are you? How could you sit there in that air condition, fully heated home with an icebox and cupboard full of food in a country where you can eat 24 hours a day while little Haji Pick up that fucking phone. Won't you please help her? Kind of sick fuck are you? You really try to guilt trip the shit out of him. It's like, hey, why don't you feed him? You're only five feet away. Why don't you give him one of your sandwiches you packed for the day? Huh, Bob? Fucking commercials, man. You know the guy's right off camera with a baby Ruth going, they can't see me, can they? Come here. Like, 
Come on, it's right there. Reach for it. Come on, they gear these fucking things up to fuck with your head, man. They know what they're doing. Got a director there going, come on, don't feed him yet, don't feed him yet! The light was bad on that last one. Let's give one more take. Come on, Haji, get back in the mud hole. Come on. Max, get out of here, these fucking mosquitoes, Jesus. We don't need that shit. You want to help them? You really want to help these people? Stop sending them food. Don't send these people another bite. You want to help them? Send them U-Hauls. Send them luggage, folks. Send them somebody like me. I'll walk out there. Send a guy there that goes, hey, hey, we just drove 700 miles with your food. And it occurred to us that there wouldn't be world hunger if you people would live where the food is! You live in a fucking desert! They understand that you live in a fucking desert! Baluba, me know what Baba Jumba? Yes! You live in a fucking desert! Nothing grows here! Nothing's gonna grow here! God damn it, come in, come in! Son of a bitch. You see this, huh? You see this? This is sand, yeah! Did you know nothing can grow in this shit? Did you know that, huh? Here, eat some of it. Taste it, motherfucker. It's sad. You know it's gonna be 100 years from now? It's gonna be sad! You live in a fucking desert! Get your kids, get your shit, we'll make one trip! We'll take you to where the food is! We have deserts in America, we just don't live! 